Well, it's coming up for mid-morning as we do this interview here in South Africa. But Anthony Ginsberg, who's the founder and MD of Gins Global Index Funds, is in Los Angeles. So he's um, just about ready to go to bed. Uh, Anthony, brilliant to be talking with you again. And uh, I think he's a, there, are, there are a lot of good reasons why we should be talking right now. But I'm going to start off with our last interview, which was in November 2022. And the reason I want to start off there is it is a, a, a warning that you should never, ever, ever believe the stuff that you see on social media. On the screen right now, I have, for those who are listening to this on a podcast, you obviously won't be able to see, but it is the comment a comment that was taken underneath the interview that Anthony and I did on the 22nd of November, 2022. He said, quote, tech wreck drove prices too low, smart money buying big rebound in 2023. That's what Ginsburg said. Some, some really smart fellow, not, called Matthew Mann says, this guy's talking his book, Cloudflare down 6.6% overnight, and down 70% over a year. However, it's up 50% from its low. Have we reached the low? Ask me in a year's time. Well, Matthew Mann, I'm asking you, but what the hell do you know that uh, puts you in a position to actually criticize a man like Ginsburg? Because, Anthony, you were spectacularly right. Before we go there, have a look at Cloudflare. That's when our Matthew Mann said, hey, we'll talk to him in a year's time. It was $40. It's now more than doubled. And have a look at NVIDIA. That was back uh, at that point about $100 a share. It's now well over $700. So I just wanted to show those couple of uh, 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 insights just so we can, we can put this into perspective, Anthony, because my word, you have been on the money as far as, uh, as that call was in November 2022. I hope that there's been massive money flowing into Gin's global index funds because I know you've been focusing on that. Well, well thank you, Alec, for having me. It's great to reconnect. As you know, we do raw indexed uh, investing here across ETFs and index funds. Of course, we have this tech mega trend, which we can delve into about AI and cloud and all these converging mega trends, which are very, very exciting. But we're actually a little more cautious than most. We don't uh, tend to have products that are massively overweight in just four or five stocks. So we're very much in the passive realm. And as you know, there's been a huge tidal wave added over the last decade, really a new world order where actually a majority of money in the US in mutual fund land here, ETF land, goes into passive indexing. And that means they can buy tech themes, but it's generally a lot broader than just piggybacking on four or five very narrow stocks. So even the NASDAQ, incidentally, we see it as a very concentrated index, and uh, our Megatrend ETF, for instance, equally weights 120 holdings because we don't want to be massively overweight in just you know the Magnificent Seven, for example, because actually the Magnificent Seven haven't all been magnificent this year, for instance. You've had Tesla come down. You've had uh, Apple being flat as a pancake. So uh, it's very hard to time these, but ultimately they, there is a huge trend going on here, certainly in the U.S., 
with not just AI, but how the convergence across social media, cybersecurity, cloud, AI, even electric vehicles, Alec, how it all interplays. And uh, you can't time one sub-theme versus another. We see a lot of uh, engagement across the board. You even see a firm like Microsoft buying a massive gaming company last year. It was the largest uh, tech deal. They, uh, they bought Activision, which many of our kids will know, uh, for $75 billion. That's all about social media and re-gaming into the mobile phone space. So, yeah, there's a lot of overlap. And um, I have to say that having come out of South Africa many years ago and having worked even at Barclays, people outside the U.S., I think, don't tip, don't really understand how uh, dynamic some of these companies are and just what sort of mountains of cash they're actually sitting on. This is not your for this 2000 uh, bubble where PE ratios were over 100 times on the NASDAQ. And when we were sitting with the NASDAQ at around uh, 27, 28, the S&P is just over 20 at the moment. Uh, during the bubble, the S&P was over 40, 45 at some point. So it's a very different uh, story, Alec. Anthony, let's uh, just retrace a little bit. I had a fascinating discussion earlier this week with another man, another South African, uh, who focuses his all his attention on the international markets, has been doing that for the last 10 years. So he's avoided what uh, Coronation are now calling the 10 lost years of investing in South Africa. And he is saying that it's always dangerous to say that this time it's different or things have changed. But there are compelling reasons, given the way that technology has gone, to be able to, to, or to be forcing one to look at things very, very differently. What is your thesis on that side? Well, our thesis is that uh, generally more than half of the revenues of these tech companies are now increasingly global. So this is not just a U.S. story. And when you look at something specifically like AI, yes, there may be some hype and they're going to be certainly winners and losers in the AI space uh, five, 10 years out. But who are the biggest buyers of AI uh, at the moment? It tends to be the big cloud computing guys. You've got AWS, the big division of Amazon. I mean, Amazon's earning more money. Almost half their profits are coming, not from my wife or, or, or myself buying up a lot of stuff in the driveway. It's actually coming through their cloud computing division. So cloud computing was also driving Microsoft's uh, $3 trillion market cap now. Frankly, Microsoft Azure is one of the hottest cloud players out there. So they are huge buyers of NVIDIA uh, fast chips because increasingly to actually run these algorithms and the large language LLM models like OpenAI, uh, which uh, is involved with ChatGBT and even borrowed from Google, you actually need to outsource this. The days of keeping the, you know, the stuff in-house in your own servers is very, very uh, much beyond us. So the thesis really is Let's just stop, stop there. Sorry, Anthony. Stop there and just go back a little bit because yeah. you're talking to guys who mm, some of them might be sitting on farms in the middle of the Karoo here in, in South Africa, and they are getting confused by all of this. Let's, let's start at the very beginning. Cloud computing. Um, that was one of the big themes. And then we can talk about what you've said, AI, artificial intelligence. So just just tell us, like you're talking to, you know, many years back when you had a, a client that you went in South Africa and you were explaining things to them. What is cloud computing? Why is it so important? And then let's move into what is artificial intelligence and why is that just revolutionizing the investment markets? Yes. Uh, well, the, the days of keeping your IT in-house and trying to continually upgrade, it increasingly became more and more expensive, Alec. 
uh, over the last decade and a half. And more and more folks realize they just are not in the software business. They were hiring, I'm talking about banks, other regulated groups like insurers. They were hiring tons of these uh, software engineers just to try and uh, keep things together, sometimes with sticky tape, as it were. So increasingly, they started outsourcing. And uh, I mean, I pr- I'm a pretty simple guy. I've still got a family in the Karoo of all places uh, in Da'ar. Uh, we have a farm out there still. So, uh, you know, this is not complicated stuff. Basically, it's, a, it's an outsourcing story. If you want to actually have the fastest com- computing access, uh, where you don't have to worry about upgrading to different software programs continually, you can go to a firm like Amazon or like Microsoft and get cutting-edge software. You rent it, essentially, by outsourcing it to their data centers, and you can actually up the dial or down uh, scale the dial, depending on how many hours or how much usage in terms of gigabytes you may need as a company. So it's a lot cheaper to rent during recessionary times. Obviously, during COVID, uh, there were certain spikes, there were certain decreases in usage, but it allowed people to dial up and dial down. The flexibility by paying a monthly subscription fee is a lot cheaper, ultimately, than having an in-house service center that you have to continually maintain with full-time staff. So that's really where it began, Alec. And then what's happened ultimately with AI now coming on board, you need massive computing power to run these uh, algos and to actually run these large uh, language models, the LLMs. So it's also outsourced. And more and more of the AI uh, work that's being done by Fortune 500 groups and over the next decade, it's expected most of it will be done through the cloud uh computing or third-party processes, basically through uh, renting data servers and having it uh, outside of your premises. It's a wonderful uh, explanation that you've given, Anthony, and really on a practical basis, pretty much every business in South Africa understands this. The conversation we're having now is on Riverside, which is a company based in Tel Aviv. And after uh, we have finished this conversation, your video will be downloaded to their servers in Tel Aviv. My video will be downloaded to their servers in Tel Aviv. We will then uh, access that uh, onto our our uh, computers here in South Africa and uh, use technology to put the whole thing together. It was just impossible a couple of years ago. So it, it gives you an understanding from a very practical, basic uh, um, way the the way the world has changed and dramatically changed, but now the investment themes that you talk about, uh, people are looking at this. And I've read a, a wonderful uh, book called Engines That Move Markets, which had a look at for the last I don't know twenty massive innovations from the telegraph to railroads and so on. And it says it's so hard to pick the winners. So what you're doing, I presume, is saying these are the themes. So we know, for instance, there's railroads. People are going to—they're going to be big winners and big losers. Let's let's go across the board, almost like private equity. You invest in a number of companies, and that way you're going to have winners, which are going to way um, outshoot uh, whatever losers you might have in the portfolio. Is that the the, the thinking behind? Well, well that's Gens the Global? thesis. What we did, Alec, was to actually list an ETF on the London, uh, German, and Swiss stock exchanges, which is called Tech Megatrend. And what we did is we selected 15 of the the main leaders across each of these sub-themes. So robotics, AI, uh, cybersecurity, cloud, uh, gaming, social media, for instance, and even uh, blockchain and electric vehicles. So it's a bit broader than just your generic IT uh, sector. The old IT sectors, unfortunately, uh, we all grew up with, 
have become a bit of a mess because what's happened is the global classification system has thrown the likes of Facebook and Netflix into other categories, into other sectors like consumer uh, discretionary um, and communication sectors, which were created. So IT today, if you just go to the old, an old IT traditional fund, you're getting a very narrow group of semiconductor companies and maybe some software groups. You don't get the, the likes of the Netflixes or um, certain communications or social media players uh, such as a Facebook. So, yes, what we've tried to do is pick out the 15 leaders. Uh, they generally are all profitable. That These are generally large cap players, some mega caps, but it's equally weighted and we rebalance it every six months so we can essentially take profits if it has run really hard like an NVIDIA. So we are not probably like some of the Kathy Woods out there that are you know, going gangbusters with being very overweight or very narrowly concentrated with just five or 10 stocks. That's really interestingly enough, Alec, what we see in America, the pension funds, the 401k plans in this country do not want uh, massive overweight uh, or narrowness uh, exposure to just five or 10 stocks comprising half their unit trust or you know, half their mutual fund. They really want broad diversification. There's been a real, I would say it's a new world order in the States where a lot of the big institutions have given up on the star fund managers over the years, and they do a blend of active and passive uh, there's room for everybody, but they generally are using some sort of broad indexing as a core to give exposure to these mega trends. And uh, they're not betting the farm on one particular stock versus another. They tend to s- spread the risks. So there are 15 stocks in a particular theme. So if you think robotics is going to be a big story into the future and who doesn't, you have gone in at Gens Global and you've gone and looked at at all the robotics companies around the world, and you've selected the biggest 15 or the 15 that you like? It's actually done uh, based on profitability and revenues. And actually, it's rules-based because it's a usage product, this particular one, the Tech Megatrend ETF on the LSE uh, listing. It's about five and a half, six years old now. Um, and what that actually does is it looks at, Jerry, the, the 15 leaders, it's mostly ranked by profitability. Um, there are some revenue numbers as well and tradability factors. But then we've got eight sub-themes. So all told, there are 120 holdings you know, across electric vehicles, uh, cloud, cybersecurity. And it's interesting how much overlap there could be. You will find that there's some M&A deals amongst these companies over the last few years as well. So um, the days of saying, well, I only want to do cybersecurity or I only want to buy AI, uh, I think it misses the boat a bit because there's a lot of overlap. As I mentioned, Microsoft buying into this massive gaming play. It wasn't on people's horizons probably uh, a few years ago and and then you see what's happened also with facebook many of us wrote them off a couple of years ago when it's come rollicking back uh, i mean zuckerberg just did a 50 billion dollar buyback as you know uh, the shares rocketed although in one day nvidia now holds the record f- over 250 billion dollars of market cap gains in a day uh, facebook had 195 billion earlier this year in, in a single day so hard to time these things um we just want to provide our institutional clients with exposure. Uh, we're the first to admit that trying to pick robotics this year versus uh, you know AI the following year or cloud, it's very, very difficult because these things can be somewhat cyclical as well. I have to say there's a bit of a tailwind going on here in the States now because of the election this year. Uh, the Fed doesn't want to be overly partisan. They'll probably drop rates three times this year and begin well before the election, probably uh, in the American summer, which is around the end of May, June. And that's a tailwind uh, for growth stocks and tech stocks, Alec, as the rates start coming down. 
I have to just give you one aside since I'm living here in LA. Uh, the restaurants are chock-a-block. I mean, there's no talk of uh, recession here. Most people expect some sort of a soft landing. Airlines are busy. Uh, it's very hard to see uh, a slowing economy in this country. I mean, it may not be perfect by many means, uh, increasingly also with the presidential election, but relative to the other bells of the ball in the UK and in Germany that are either in a recession or just coming out of a recession, um, including Japan, for instance, the US seems to be the prettiest bell at the ball currently. Anthony, just to close off with, we have got model portfolios uh, that we do have at BizNews, and there are three stocks in particular that I'd love to get your thoughts on. Hopefully, you hold them. NVIDIA is the biggest stock in our in our 10-year-old portfolio, which has done 20% compound a year for the last 10 years. It just shows where we were invested. Um, Palantir is the biggest stock that we have now in our shift portfolio, which is was launched at the very worst time, uh, about the time we, we spoke in uh, November 2022 when things were starting, well, before then actually, when things were starting to look really rough. And then uh, another one that, that I'm quite interested to hear of is my favorite, Cloudflare. So NVIDIA, Palantir, Cloudflare, if you know much about yes. those, can you help us, please? Yes, I'm happy to help you. Um, we're actually positive on all three. I have to say that NVIDIA, obviously, it's, a, it's the name of the game. It's become the third largest stock by market cap, cap in the U.S. Uh, many people are worried that the PEs are very high. But interestingly enough, if you go back over the last almost decade, uh, the average PE on NVIDIA has always been around 35, 36, Alec. It's trading only at about a 32 just to give you a sense of the uh, monumental change there, just in the last year, the fourth quarter of 2023 versus 2022, their uh, profits went up tenfold from 1.2 billion to 12.5 billion quarter on quarter If you go for the fourth quarter last year. It's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, their revenue grew about fivefold. So actually, on a price-to-earnings basis, it's not excessive. Um we're very positive on cloud because cloud's actually growing at about a 20% annualized clip. Obviously, some of the big boys like Amazon and uh, Google Cloud and the Microsoft Azure do have the lion's share, but there's a lot of overlap with cybersecurity and cloud. And the other two names you've mentioned, uh, Cloudflare uh, and even Palantir, they have elements in both cloud and cyber. So we think it's a sweet spot. We expect actually more M&A activity uh, across both spaces. Obviously, work from home continues. We have this issue here in New York and LA where many youngsters under a certain age don't want to come in five days a week. So cloud usage is still doing reasonably well. Even uh, Zoom, for instance, had a very good uh, recent quarterly report. So um, no, we're very positive that cloud is going to continue to grow. It's still early days, mind you, in cloud. Um, the projections are that 50% of all IT spend will be in cloud linked to AI one way or another. This is enterprise spend. So basically half of all corporate IT spend will basically be touching cloud and AI uh, by 2025. That's the projection. Those are really positive uh, insights. In, in Sorry, we launched the shift portfolio in November 2021, which was the worst time, right at the top of the market. And we spoke last 2022. Uh, we're now talking February 2023. You were really on the money last time we spoke. Anthony, what's your view today? My view is uh, it's time in the market, uh, not trying to time the market or not timing the market. So our view is the US in election years, Alec, tends to go up. It may, it's not going to be a 24% S&P replication of last year. 
but it could hit double digits. I'm talking on the broader S&P market. Uh, you know, we're not expecting the NASDAQ to roll it up another 45% uh, percent in a year. Uh, but we remain positive. We actually think the tailwind of, of Fed uh, rates coming down, but also the fact that the U.S. economy is healthy, unemployment's at all, pretty much all-time low. Um, we think that IT spending is actually going to improve. And actually, interesting quickly, on the um, digital revenues, this is digital advertising, the likes of uh, you know, Alphabet, which is Google, and others, Facebook, are seeing the benefits. And they've also been cutting their, uh, their headcounts. I mean, Zuckerberg slashed 20% of his headcount uh, over the last two and a half years, and that's really helped his share price. So I think a lot of the uh, boys in Silicon Valley are very sensitive about cutting the fat, and it's easier in the U.S. versus South Africa or in Europe to actually cut your headcount. So that's something to look out for too. Anthony Ginsberg from Gins Global. You know where to uh, invest your money if you believe in him. Uh, and clearly, it's high uh, diversification, but on the most focused areas of growth in the world. And the world, this world is changing. We all know that. We look around and we can see it. Uh, he, he's with Gins Global, the founder and managing director. And I'm Alec Hogg from Biznews.com. 